My name is Dr. Michael Brown, and this is Three Words, a bite-sized podcast about the simple and yet very strategic choices that all of us can make in order to become the very best version of ourselves. Today in the studio, I sit with Martha Chandran Dickerson, who is an educator, who is a bridge builder, who is a thought leader, who really deeply desires to take common issues, important issues, and go deeper in them. Today, our conversation is about loving the earth, and it is far more than just taking that plastic bottle and putting it in the recycling bin. We're going to talk about environmental racism. We're going to talk about how the fashion choices we make are going to actually tie into whether or not we love the earth and how, by loving the earth in very tangible ways, we not only bless and encourage people on the other side of the planet, but those in our very backyard and even personally benefiting ourselves. We're going to talk about ancestry. We're going to talk about Native Americans. We're going to talk about indigenous people in this very comprehensive and interesting conversation that you'll probably hear nowhere else as we talk about environmentalism and what it means to love the earth. Enjoy this episode. Listen in. Martha, welcome back to Three Words. It's always a pleasure to have you on camera with me and engaging in a really significant conversation. So just to jump in, what are three words for today? The three words for today is love the earth. Love the earth. Now, I'm guessing there's several people already who are like, ooh, I cannot wait to hear what Martha is going to say. Because those who follow Three Words Podcast mm-hmm. and have heard your conversation on Make a Mess, mm-hmm. Fight for Justice, mm-hmm. Your Story Matters, usually you have this amazing way of just kind of taking different twists and turns in a conversation and making me sit here and go, I never thought about that before. And I'm guessing that you're going to do the same thing as we talk about this conversation of loving the earth. So from what I understand, you're going to tie it into this conversation around fight for justice. So let's go there. Lead us. Yes. Thank you so much for having me today. Um, Yes. I think that when we look at the environment or any issues, you know, surrounding the environment, the discussions typically like focus on like, um, plants and animals, we have a very binary way of looking at the environmental issues. Um, And then we forget about how environmental issues impact communities, um, particularly vulnerable communities. And I don't think that it means that we shouldn't be worried about animals and plants. I think we should be, you know, concerned about all of it, you know, the totality of what makes up the environment. We're all part of this ecosystem. We're all Um, existing, coexisting together. And so I think it's really essential to be able to consider every aspect of what it means to be environmentally conscious and, you know, and and that it does intersect with issues of um, justice and um, injustice. And so we have to like um, broaden our lens in terms of how we look at it. And I think um, especially for us as Americans, you know, we're here in America um, and it's just the statistics, statistics are very demoralizing when you consider there were only like a small percentage of the world. And I want to read something that I actually, um, found on Vox for you, Vox. I don't know if you ever read, it's a online publication and they have very nuanced reporting. Okay. Um, but this is, I don't know how recent this is, but I think it still speaks to what we're discussing today. The U S has an outsized role in global warming, or if you want to use climate change, despite recent progress, when it comes to total greenhouse gas emissions, the U S does a behind the back through the legs, backboard breaking dunk 
over China and the Soviet Union. So using a, a basketball metaphor, which I think mm-hmm. is really um, important. Um, America is a larger largest emitter of greenhouse gases, even though it only makes up about 4% of the world's population. So even 4% though 4% of the world's population yep. is America and we consume a lot. We consume a lot and we produce a lot of, we generate a lot of waste. Mm-hmm. We contam- we're one of the biggest contaminants um, and that is not acceptable. And so it behooves us as Americans to be more mindful of how, okay, we are this much of the world's population, and yet we're contributing so much damage to the earth. We're impacting other communities and other parts of the world, including our own. Um, and I think a good place to start in terms of how can we course correct, how can we ameliorate what's going on, is to consider like the people that stewarded the land that we're on, the people that were here before us. Um, and that would be the indigenous uh, peoples, you know, uh, the First Nations, um, Native Americans. Absolutely. They had this wisdom about, you know, the earth. They had a very special relationship. They understood that they were part of nature. And um, I think it's really important to kind of um, center their voices around, you know, environmental issues. They're usually at the forefront, um, not maybe, you know, when you turn on the media, but in terms of the legwork, and pulling up, mm. you know, their sleeves and actually showing up and having skin in the game, the ones that have been most impacted are the ones that are showing up and doing the work. And I would also like to read a quote from a chief, um, two chiefs actually. So this is Chief Luther Standing Bear, who said, "The elders were wise. They knew that man's heart, away from nature, becomes hard. They knew that lack of respect for growing living things." soon led to a lack of respect for humans too. Wow. And you see that. And then, uh, I do see that. Yeah. Yeah. And then here's another one and you can let me know what you think. Chief Seattle, um, said the earth does not belong to man. Man belongs to the earth. All things are connected like the blood that unites us all. Man did not weave the web of life. He's merely a strand in it, wherever, whatever he does to the, web he does to himself so again those two quotes kind of like you know emphasizing underscoring that idea that we're we all exist together we're not like here to dominate we're not also here to be crushed we're all here coexisting and we need to respect the earth and we also need to respect each other and the creatures that are you know, lower in stature. Yeah. In the ecosystem. Well, I love how you're connecting the ideas of treating each other as a global village. We talked a lot about that. Obviously the choices we make as human beings, mm-hmm. it affects people not only next door, but potentially across the planet as well as within our variety of communities. But also now you're connecting those relationships, not just with our fellow beings, our fellow mm-hmm. humans, but actually with the earth itself, because I'm not, I don't know much about it in study this, I'm not a scientist. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm a journalist, uh, mm-hmm. similar to you. You're an mm-hmm. educator. And, and so I, I just value uh, learning from you and learning from others. And I know and I hear this all the time that, I mean, there's so much damage we're doing to the earth. And if obviously the earth is not thriving, we cannot thrive. Mm-hmm. But also if we're choosing to overconsume or overcontaminate, mm-hmm. we're going to affect not only the the vibrancy of the earth, Mm -hmm. but all the people that are now residing on this global as a part of our global village. I'm going to hit pause at this point in the podcast episode to invite you 
to subscribe to our YouTube channel, to subscribe to our podcasting platforms, and to share this particular episode on environmentalism with a friend. Absolutely. And I think also, you know, since, you know, when we're considering other other people, other beings that exist in this, it's also part of like being environmentally conscious is also being honoring of the land. Mm -hmm. Um, Part of that, you know, is, you know, learning from indigenous people in terms of how to care for the earth. But also um, the other thing is I wanted to discuss briefly today is this idea that um, we're still struggling to acknowledge the fact that we are on stolen, stolen land, every Mm -hmm. single one of us. Um, are here because someone else was here and stewarded the land and then they were stripped away from it. And I think it's very important when we have this sort of respect um, for the land, then we're more we're more prone to to honor it in every little decision that we make. Including the people who were the original caretakers of that. Exactly. Land. Including yeah. honoring them and their ongoing issues and struggles that mm-hmm. they're experiencing. And realizing that they're not a monolith. They are made of up several nations and tribes. Um, but the um, the problem is where we are right now, Wood County, um, we're, as you know, swampland. So it's very hard to have a very accurate um, land acknowledgement. It's it's hard. And I'm sure you being at the university, you've probably heard these conversations happening and how a little bit, yeah, they want to sure. like have a very um, meaningful and, um, you know, comprehensive land acknowledgement, but it takes time to construct one. But in speaking to um, one of the uh, people that I volunteer with, one of the organizations I'm on, she's Indigenous American, um, biracial, Caucasian as well. Um, and But she said sometimes it's not so much about having an accurate, you know, and perfect land acknowledgement. It's about just having some sort of workable land acknowledgement that you can refine and, you know, improve upon over time. But it's just acknowledging yes. that this is not this was not ours. And there was a lot of like mm-hmm. brutality that happened, pillaging and, you know, um, massacring that happened in order for, for us to even be here. I love when we have our conversations, Martha, about all various issues around justice and uh, inclusion and thoughtful, provocative, honestly, provocative, but thoughtful um, commitments to helping the greater good, you oftentimes teach me and you remind me that we don't need to do it perfectly. Mm-mm. We, Like you said, we need at least at this point acknowledge it. Mm-hmm. Let's make some progress. Let's take a posture of humility, yes. a posture of a learner yes. and say, wait, I never thought about that before versus not me. I didn't. Why should I? You know, and it tends, we tend to be defensive when we have these conversations. Yeah, it's not helpful. And the defensive just doesn't make sense because the people that were victimized, it wasn't their fault either. Mm. So you don't, if they don't get to opt out, then neither do we because mm. we're all beneficiaries of that, you know. Of those choices. Of those things that happened. Yeah. Um, and But what I did find, and you know, it can be, like I said, a disclaimer, um, is that we are on the stolen ancestral lands of the Miami, Ottawa, Wyandotte, Erie, Seneca, and Potawatomi. You mean here we are in Northwest Ohio in, right in, now? In Wood County. So this is what my research has led me to, but I'm not saying this is perfect. Um, and thank you for acknowledging the fact that this process of dismantling you know, systems of oppression is not a perfect process. And 
we're going to make mistakes and that's fine, but we're dedicated yes. you know, to it. I love that. And, and I know that you had, when we actually walked into the studio today, you were, we were talking about, Oh, you know, w- what should I wear to, you know, in light of what you're wearing? And you said, Oh, I actually chose clothes today in light of this topic. And I have no idea what that means, but talk to us about that. If you're watching on the YouTube channel, you obviously can see what Martha's wearing, but you said even the choices that you made in regards to what you wore into the studio today reflected this conversation. How? Yeah, it's thank you for asking that. And I just want to like, again, put it out there. I am not better than anybody else in terms of my decisions. I have done damage to the earth through some of my decisions, but I am trying to be like a little bit more thoughtful, like Mm. in, in certain areas, in all areas of my life, but I do like, I'm wearing Nike air force ones, (laughs) you know? And so I don't know that that's an environmentally conscious thing, but you know, I like my sneakers. I get that from my son. Always humble. Martha, always humble. But so this um, outfit that I'm wearing is from a a fair trade company Mm. um, that invests in women in in vulnerable communities all over the world, including, Mm. including, that's why I love, is including here in America. Mm. So they um, create employment and and dignified wages um, for women in... um, oppressive situations and circumstances. So women um, fleeing the, you know, commercial sex trafficking industry or women's the, women that are fleeing like um, intimate partner violence and women in very poor communities that um, are, you know, are illiterate and are not able to support their families or, you know, all over the world. And India is one of the countries. And as you know, um, India is where, you know, my family's from, it's where my heritage is. So this outfit was made in India. Um, and the women that work here are also women, um, for the company that also, um, are, you know, overcoming some of them overcome addiction. And so it's a company that is respectful to the earth and, and make sure that they're environmentally conscious in their practices. So throughout the whole supply chain process, they're very, consider of every piece of what makes up the environment, human beings, the earth, you know, all the, all the, all the moving pieces. And I think that's really important that when we're um, investing in companies that we're investing in those that are actually making a difference um, in, in people's lives, especially women, since women are the ones that are usually hardest hit when it comes to um, employment, you know, the, employment gap you know women are the ones that are affected the most women in, in a lot of these countries um don't get educated you know mm-hmm. they're they're working to provide for their families and not making a lot of money and to tie to that um the fast fashion industry i don't know if you know much about it but it is contributing to a lot of you know the pollution the toxic waste that's in the environment that's creating all these terrible emissions yeah. fast um, fashion fast fashion and that i'm gonna study it thank you that wasn't the case i watched a documentary okay. that just blew my mind it's called the true cost i think mm. and um it was on netflix and now i don't know where you can watch it it's it's i think it's not anywhere really but you can so to get a shirt for two dollars and 99 cents what is the cost of the environment into the into the community so, is that the idea yeah so i'm not going to name names about okay. these companies but you can imagine so think about the companies that produce a lot of inventory and have a lot of seasons like before mm-hmm. back in the day you know um you're slightly a little older than me and i'm but i just remember growing up we only had like what one or two seasons 
And now Cold it's and like there's, yeah. <laughs> Cold so now there's like eight seasons in one year. And it's like, oh, you know, you're getting these things sent to your house, like, um, you know, purchase this and purchase that. And like yeah. every store has their mannequins dressed differently every week. And so it's like consume, consume, it's consume. So people are buying and a lot of people are over shopping and overspending um, because they're trying to fill a void in their lives. So if you're having some unresolved stuff in your life, there's like past trauma that you haven't uh, haven't unpacked for a lot of people and this is this is a phenomenon everywhere in the world but particularly here in america um where we have credit cards where we can just like hit you know hit a button on our phone and like stuff gets dispatched to our door you know like um buying clothes accumulating a lot of stuff Hmm. and then feeling like oh I'm bored now. I'm going to go and accumulate more because it's not really about the stuff as much right. as it is that, you know, fixing that, you know, um, scratching that itch, you know, that you well, have. And, and even as a life coach, I'm intrigued because now you're connecting, obviously, the unresolved issues in our life that we're not being transparent about and vulnerable about, vulnerable about and we're not actually dealing with the emotional dimension in a healthy way. Now it's targeting, now it's tying into purchasing, which is then tying into uh, connecting to marginalized communities, which is affecting the earth and pollution. Yeah. Martha, this is this is so eye-opening. And I think even what you're doing for me again is you're you're actually taking the theme that I care most about, and that is that every choice counts and every moment matters, that there are no freebies and choices, that every decision has an impact, that every single decision has, to quote Socrates, mm-hmm. both a pleasure and a price. I love that you are showing that even the the clothes that you buy and mm-hmm. and the and the choices that you make in regards to these things they matter immensely. Every choice counts, and I appreciate that because obviously we care a lot about that at Three Words Podcast and DMB Coaching. But I didn't really think about it in terms of even like clothing and all the things that you're talking about. I'm guessing some of our listeners, though, and if I can even say this out loud, are probably thinking, wow, that's interesting. But to do this, it would take a lot of work, yeah. reflection, thoughtfulness. And and what happens is, is that we don't want to put in that work. And I was actually uh, in L.A. yesterday. Okay. Just flew back yesterday, actually last night from LA and now back in Northwest Ohio. And I had a conversation yesterday where we were talking about what is selfishness. Mm-hmm. And this is kind of how I'd like to begin to kind of turn our conversation toward the end and the conclusion is that what you're describing is, is that oftentimes when we're not taking this seriously, when we're not loving the earth, mm-hmm. as you have described, is because we're selfish. And selfishness is putting our wants before others' needs. Mm-hmm. That in its essence, that's what selfishness is. Putting our wants, which you just described, there's all these things we want and we want this, want this, in front of other people's needs. And we're hurting other people. We're hurting populations. We're hurting communities. We're hurting the planet. Final thoughts from you as you think about this topic of love, this earth, or even in response to even what I just shared. Yeah. Um, No, it's great. Um, Yeah, we're hurting other people. We're we're also hurting ourselves. Mm. Like we're all, all of none of this is disconnected. We're in this together. Yeah. So this um, on on um, addressed trauma in our bodies. You know, like I'm reading my grandmother's hands right now, and it talks about how um, we think of you know oppression in terms of systems, which it is, but it's also in terms of what happens to your body. And so what happens to your body is now being transmitted through our choices, 
which is, I know what you love to talk yeah, about. I do. And then our choices now, whether if it's like, you know, over compulsive shopping and there's even a term obsessive compulsive, just, I don't know, but it's, it's, you know, it leads to these choices that are harmful mm-hmm. and then they then traumatize the earth. And I also wanted to, um, in closing, talk about how, you know, when we're talking about the environment, you know, it's not just about cute little pandas. You know, I was watching John Oliver. <laughs> I don't know if you ever watched John I Oliver, no. but he's, I love him. Um, but he was just talking about why are we caring about pandas more than we do poor communities? I mean, it's it's funny, but it's true. Um, but I think we should care for pandas, obviously. Of but course. he was like joking and saying like, all they do is fall out of trees, you know. <laughs> But we should um, care about poor communities because environmental racism is a real thing. I mean, if we even go back into the history of this country and actually the legacy of that even impacts my family um, because of um, redlining. I don't know if you've heard of the, you know, so redlining forced, um, you know, descendants of the enslaved. So the African-Americans that were wanting to purchase homes and force them to buy property in certain areas. And those were usually depressed areas. Um, and those were typically areas in which industries would come and like dump their, you know, toxic waste or have landmines over there. And then this would create. So we're not dropping that into the suburbs. <laughs> we're taking it other place. Exactly. Right. That's because the point. like poor people don't matter. They don't, their mm-hmm. lives don't matter. Black people's lives don't matter. You know, and so you're dumping all this waste and setting up all these industries. A lot of these communities are like bumping up into these industrial like places and so um there's the life expectancy in that communities are significantly lower um they struggle with asthma and other you know you know issues like that and so it you see how all these things are interconnected in a way that we often think of them as disconnected things Mm -hmm. and so in our family like you know Greg's dad was an extremely hardworking man, blue collar man. I mean, he built a car engine when he was a teenager. He was, he could have been an engineer, but he worked very hard and could have been anything because he was so brilliant. Um, but he saved up his blue collar earnings, put all four kids through college debt free, mm-hmm. was able to buy two properties. But those two properties were in areas that were incredibly depressed to the point that it was, it's almost like you're not, you're not even going to make an investment. Whereas, other families who are of a different racial, you know, background were able to purchase properties in more preferable areas. And then they built this generational wealth that they were yeah. able to pass down to their children. So when we're talking about these things, they're all kind of in- interconnected. And so because of redlining, these communities are hardest hit by env- environmental racism. Um, and so I think we can think about what we're doing personally, but we can also think about systemically what policies are we supporting, you know, in terms of making sure that we're not um, perpetuating um, these systems in which poorer communities stay poor and um, are impacted the most by these um, environmental disasters that we're creating by our choices. As always, you are my teacher and mentor, Martha, and I'm, really encouraged to sit with you, but also a little unsettled because I'm thinking about my choices, right? I'm thinking about my contributions to some of the things that you just described, but, um, to our viewers and listeners who are, uh, tapped into, 
this particular episode, I guess what I would say to them and even just would say to each other, because we need to speak Mm -hmm. truth to each other is what I'm hearing you say is that by loving the earth, we are loving communities, Mm -hmm. not only near us, but communities that are very, very far away. As we love the earth, we're loving individuals Mm -hmm. and families and human beings that are interconnected to us because we are one global village, but as well, and you said it earlier, we're also loving ourselves Mm -hmm. because we're making choices that are going to profoundly affect us personally, that this topic is more than just recycling. It's more than just taking your plastic water bottle and putting it in the recycling container. But thank you for enlarging our perspective about what it means to truly, truly love the earth. Martha, thanks for being with me today. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. For life coaching, consulting services, or to hire a keynote speaker, please visit dmbcoaching.com.